This work in progress is released under a Creative Commons license. The following Still Ripples podcast is dedicated to all those living in confusion, who are in pain, and who are searching. He who has ears, let him hear. This week on Still Ripples, God has questions for Job. Greetings and welcome to this week's Still Ripples. I'm Greg. And I'm Brian. Well, guys, we are now on to the part of Job that we've been really anticipating. Yes. And uh, tonight we actually get to hear God's response to Job, or today, whenever you guys listen to it. We've said that tons of times. Anyway, um, Brian, why don't you kind of break down what some of the... Well, uh, give us a little recap on what the versions say. Okay. Um, well, you know, going back just to kind of remind you, because it may have been a while since you've actually dove into Job. In the previous chapter, we see that Elihu's def- we see Elihu's defense of God's sovereignty uh, and benevolence in his dealings in nature. That was in 36 and 37, but we also see God's mighty power in nature as well in those two chapters. Um, as far as what the other translations say, several of them kind of just give the idea that the Lord speaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, the New American Standard Bible uh, calls this section, God speaks now to Job. And I think the NIV and several others just say the Lord speaks. I believe the Holman Christian did as well. Uh, The English Standard Version calls this the Lord answers Job. The God's Word translation breaks it down into four parts, I believe. Uh, Verses 1 through 3, the Lord speaks, who is able to challenge me. Verses 4 through 38, the Lord speaks about creation. Verses 39 and 40, uh, the lioness. And verse 41, the crow. Uh, the Message Bible breaks it down into two. Uh, verses 1 through 35, God confronts Job. Uh, have you gotten to the bottom of things? Verses 36 through 41, what do you have to say for yourself? The Net Bible breaks it down into two parts. Uh, verses 1 through 3, the Lord's speech. And verse 4 on to the next chapter, God uh, God's questions to Job. And by far, out of all these, I know that I know that the titles are added later. Mm-hmm. But by far, I think that the uh, the translators of the, of the different ones, um, the New King James Version, the way they title this is is beautiful. Actually, in my opinion, it's called "The Lord Reveals His Omnipotence to Job." Mm-hmm. I think that's a great way of calling this section. I agree. If I was to pick a favorite, so all right. Well, guys, let's jump right in. Uh, it is a fairly long chapter, uh, so there will be a lot of reading. Heads up. <laughs> so, uh, chapter 38, verse 1. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? To what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone? 
when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst forth and issued from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band? When I fixed my limit for it and set bars and doors, when I said, This far you may come, but no farther, and here your proud waves must stop. Have you commanded the morning since your days began, and caused the dawn to know its place, that it might take hold of the ends of the earth, and the wicked be shaken out of it? It takes on form like clay under a seal, and stands out like a garment. From the wicked their light is withheld, and the upraised arm is broken. Sorry, the upraised arm is broken. Have you entered the springs of the sea, or have you walked in search of the depths? Have the gates of death been revealed to you, or have you been or have you seen the doors of the shadow of death? Have you comprehended the breadth of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. Where is the way to the dwelling of light, and darkness, where is its place? That you may take it to its territory, that you may know the paths to its home. Do you know it because you were born then, or because the number of your days is great? Have you entered the treasury of snow, or have you, been, or have you seen the treasury of hail, which I have reserved for the time of trouble, for the day of battle and war. By what way is light diffused, or the east wind scattered over the earth? Who has divided a channel for the overflowing water, or a path for the thunderbolt, to cause it to rain on a land where there is no one, a wilderness in which there is no man, to satisfy the desolate waste, and cause it to spring forth the growth of tender grass. Whew. Like I said, there's a lot to read, guys. Um, the really amazing thing about this um, is, uh, you know, up to this point, Job's been trying to set this precedence of I want to be, I want to meet God face to face, who is, um, you know, convicting me, who's who's passed judgment on me. I want to meet him so that I can plead my case. And when God appears, God is presenting this these these questions, this stance of you know, you want to be on equal footing with me, but how how can you compare yourself to me? Well, even in the way that he enters. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't just, you know, walk up to Job and say, "Hey, Job." I mean, he mm-hmm. enters with a whirlwind. And I like how it call I mean, how it says, then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember how we talked about before how when Elihu talks about God being the back of the storm, it's almost mm-hmm. like you, you can sense a storm building around them. And then oh, all yeah. of a sudden it says, then God speaks out of the whirlwind. And <clears throat> I think it's interesting that he that he would use a whirlwind because, I mean, I'm not trying to add, add to Scripture or anything, but... You know, whirlwind often is seen as something as destructive and everything, but regardless of how you see it, you see it as something powerful. Mm-hmm. 
And that is how God uses it. He, he uses it to show his power and, and, and expression of his presence and everything, but not as destruction. He uses it to speak out of. And it's so humbling, uh, you know, to think of, of him appearing in that way. I mean, in, in the past we saw him appear as a burning bush, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he spoke out of the burning bush with Moses and stuff, and here he speaks out of the world. And it's, it's just incredible He's that he chooses such things to speak out of. But uh, it's always something that it's very definable. Of, you know that God's mm-hmm. presence is there exactly but um, <clears throat> I, love, I love how he opens who is this that darkens counsel by the words without knowledge I mean mm-hmm. wow that's he, he starts right out the gate saying you know basically you don't know what you're talking about Joe yeah I mean he's being honest he's being mm-hmm. blunt I mean that's you gotta love God for mm-hmm. that yeah I like uh, especially in verse 3 now prepare yourself like a man I will question you and you shall answer me. You know, it, it shows, you know, God's true authority. Yeah. It, it shows um, his his position that up to this point, like I said, you know, Job has been casting these questions out there towards his friends, kind of accusing God a little bit. And now God comes on the scene and says, okay, you know, from the, from the world, from the tempest and says, you're going to answer my questions before I answer your questions. Well, it's, it's very interesting that, that God would even entertain those questions mm-hmm. because yeah. it's like, it, I mean, I'm not trying to you know humanize God or whatever, right. but if you were in that position, let's just hypothetical, if you were in that right. position, would you even bother? You'd be like, well, I'm God. Mm-hmm. I mean, would I even bother to even answer these questions? And yet he does. He entertains mm-hmm. Job's questions. But when he does so, it's oh, yeah. very humbling mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we ask in our own understanding, mm-hmm. and Job right here, I mean, he basically, he's like each one of us asking in our own understanding, but um, it's, I mean, it's, there's no other word to say that it's very humbling mm-hmm. because we're seeing kind of through Job's eyes here, I mean, how limited oh, yeah. what we know. Well, and that's the cool, the, the really neat thing about the way God presents the questions. He starts from the very beginning, from the foundations of the earth, and just keeps uh, adding these questions. Well, they're very about They're very, too. very, yeah, of, of, of things that, you know, you may not even remotely think of, yeah. yet it has a definitive beginning. Why doesn't the sea go any farther than this? Why doesn't this happen? Why does this? Why does that? And you know, God's—he's—he's he's pouring on these questions. He knows that Job doesn't have the answer, but like Brian said, it's—it's—it's it's, it's a sense of humbling Job. Yeah. It's—it's uh, it, putting it out there to say, "This is who I am," and um, and what I and what I've done and what exactly. I can exactly. Yeah. And uh, I mean, just—I mean, some of these questions we're still trying to answer. Mm-hmm. I mean, through science and stuff. We're not. I mean, I think one question that really stood out to me that I thought, as far as how sophisticated it is and everything, mm-hmm. by what way is light diffused? I mean, were people even thinking of stuff mm-hmm. back then? We we ask that every day. We ask questions like that. Oh, they weren't thinking of stuff back like that. Mm-hmm. But then he, God asked that question to him: By what way is light diffused? Or the east wind scattered over the earth? I don't even think of stuff like that sometimes. You know, I mean, I love science and everything, but. Some of these things, I'm like, wow, I didn't, I don't, I don't even think of that. Mm-hmm. I take it for granted yeah. that it's there. <coughs> is is what the issue is with a lot of us. We don't. I mean, we go to the beach. Well, the water's there. Mm-hmm. Well, 
why does it you know stay there and not go over here i mean we don't think about that stuff mm -hmm. we take it for granted because it's there you know in verse 16 he said you know have you entered the springs of the sea or have you walked in search of the depths you know there are places in the ocean that we cannot physically go yeah. to there are uh there was actually, uh, I forget exactly where it was, but I saw a documentary on it. There's a group of people that go under ocean waters to springs, natural springs, mm -hmm. that they can get clean water. It's not salt water. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is a time when that kind of stuff wasn't really thought of. That way it wasn't, uh, you know, to Brian's point, these are things that, you know, uh, up until recently, the questions may have been asked, but they weren't really delved into. And it's, uh, it's just so amazing to see kind of how God, I guess in a way, kind of diffuses what was going on. You know, up to this point, we've, we've seen 37 uh, chapters of men talking and questioning and, and giving ideas and things like that. And now God is on the scene and he's straight and to the point in everything that he says and everything that he does. He's very precise to it. Yeah. I mean, there's a tinge of, uh, I don't know if I'd use the word sarcasm, but a, but a little bit in there. But it's more along the lines of, okay, if you know, and then he poses the question. I mean, I mean, truly, I mean, it's it's honest. It's very honest, and I and I really enjoy this part of it. Because, um, I mean, it really brings, in the pridefulness that I own, I, that I have within myself and everything, it really brings to you know to to, to the forefront my lack of knowledge. Because mm -hmm. I, I mean, like we said, we, we don't even think about this stuff, some of this stuff. Um, continuing on, uh, verse, in, 28. In verse twenty-eight: mm -hmm. Has the rain a father, or who has begotten the drops of dew? From whose womb comes the ice, and the frost of heaven who gives it birth? The waters harden like stone, and the surface of the deep is frozen. Can you bind the cluster of the, uh, I think it's Pleiades, I may be wrong on that, but I'm going to pronounce it that way, Pleiades, or loose the belt of Orion? Can you bring out the Maseroth in, in its season, or can you guide the great bear with its cubs? Do you know the ordinances of, of the heavens? Can you set their dominion over the earth? Can you lift up your voice to the clouds that an abundance of water may cover you? Can you send out lightning that they may go? And they say to you, here we are. Who has put wisdom in the mind? Or who has given understanding to the heart? Pardon me. Who can number the clouds by wisdom? Or who can pour out the bottles of heaven? When the dust hardens in clumps and the clouds cling together. Um, that was supposed to be a question at the yeah, end. Sorry. <laughs> but anyways... Uh, can you hunt the prey for the lion, or satisfy the ap appetite of the young lions? When, the, when they crouch in their dens, or lurk in their lairs, to lie in wait, who provides food for the raven, when its young ones cry to God, and wonder about for lack of food? I mean, one of the things that just really stands out to me, because, uh, you know, I'm one that, I mean, I'm a logical thinker. I really like reading stuff about wisdom and stuff like that, and so it really, that is a question that a lot of people don't ask, and, and I love it. Verse 36, who put wisdom in the mind, or who has given understanding to the heart? That is something we majorly take for granted, mm -hmm. because we uh, that is something that 
we claim is our own. Mm-hmm. Many times over, we say, you know, <laughs> that is mine. That is what I've done. And it's mm-hmm. like, or or, the, or we even just, you know, or if we're humble enough, we'll put it off ourselves, but still not give it to God. We'll say, well, that's what experience has given me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, it's, you know, it, it isn't a what. It says who has put wisdom in the mind or or who has given understanding mm-hmm. to the heart. You know, one thing that I really like is, uh, you know, starting in verse 32, um, it starts talking oh, about, uh, you know, nature and, uh, you know, who can bring out uh, Maseroth in its season or guide the great bear and its cubs. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really taking a look at, at all different aspects of nature and, um, well, yeah, I mean, it's even talking about the stars in the sky yeah. when it says the belt of Orion. I mean, I mean, exactly. all this—the great bear that's uh-huh. in the sky. Yeah, it's, I mean, he's he's pointing out, you know, God is pointing out that even in nature, every intricate, tiny little thing is under His command. It's under His control. He's the one that uh, that controls all of these things, who has authority over these things. And I think that's what's so great about the way that King James, uh, the New King James, has. Uh, titled this one, you know, God's om- omnipotent presence. I mean, He is, He is everywhere. He is everything. He's, He's uh, in the control of the bears, of the cubs, of the of the the thunderstorms, the lightning, the snow, the hail. Every little thing is in His command. Well, yeah, and uh, a question that that arises in me when I'm reading this <clears throat> is think in terms of this. Whenever you, whenever you go to hear a speaker and everything, you want to hear their credentials, right? Mm-hmm. You want to, you want to hear what makes this person an authority of this. Mm-hmm. Well, when you read this, the point of reference that arises is sovereignty, mm-hmm. in my, and, you know, is, is what I'm getting out of this mm-hmm. because you know, you go to school and you see, hey, this professor, he has a PhD in you know psychology or sociology or biology or something, but with God, it's mm-hmm. His point of reference is sovereignty because, you know, in mythology and stuff, you have all these different gods that have dominion over different things. But when it comes to God Almighty, you know, Yahweh, mm-hmm. it is his point of reference is sovereignty. He has authority over all. You know, you, you made a point earlier and uh, kind of looking back at it, you know, when we look at science, science usually looks at the how. Uh, it's very good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Descriptivism. Yeah. And the way that these questions are written there who yeah it's 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 giving to an individual being god the one who did all of this it's not well how did this happen well this and this and this happened no no, no. who yeah. there's there's there is a creator there's somebody who uh put all of this masterpiece together every little detail and i you know, getting into the next chapter, we're going to see more of these questions that God's asking. And you know, Brian said it, it's it's God building His resume. It's God asking questions that you know Job obviously knows. I I don't know the answer to that, but I know that you do. And that's God putting uh, putting out there. Look, I know all of these things. I know every little thing about it. I have all of this detail. I have all this power. Who who causes the lightning to strike? I do. Who controls the snow? Hey, I do. And it's it it's amazing 
to see God, uh, you know, present it like that. Yeah, and you know, don't boil God down to cause and effect and, right. and nothing but actions. Mm-hmm. But He's telling us this is where you can see expressions mm-hmm. of Me, you know, through My actions exactly. and everything. But but He's so much more than that because He's holiness, He's love, mm-hmm. He's justice, all this stuff, yeah. as we learn later on. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, this is this is and. Uh, you know, the question inevitably arises, as one of my friends asked, he, he's like, you know, hey, you know, I've read the book of Job, I know about the book and everything, you know, he's like, I love God, you know, and Christ and all that, but he's like, I just don't understand, I don't understand, in chapter 38, why does it seem like God's coming at Job so much? Mm-hmm. And the best way that I could explain it that, you know, God kind of put on my own heart, because as a young kid, I was pretty mouthy. Mm-hmm. I really was, and I really didn't understand why my parents would get upset with me and stuff, but... Mm-hmm. The, the thing that God put on my heart is is that it isn't wrong to ask questions legitimate when you're inquisitive and say hey you know you know why is it this way or you know why is the sky blue or whatever when it becomes wrong is when it's a question of authority mm-hmm. and that's when my parents would get mad at me or, or they'd get upset with me and everything because it was no longer an, I was no longer inquiring mm-hmm. I was questioning their authority basically mm-hmm. their dominion and everything and so, in reference to Job, he had reached a point where it was a question of authority to an extent. And so, God, that's why it seems like he's coming back at him. He's he's like, well, you're going to question my authority, mm-hmm. so now I'm going to question yours, mm-hmm. essentially. And so, that's the that's the way you can look at it, yeah. is that he's questioning Job's authority. Because what he says, he tells him to gird himself up like a man, now I'm going to ask you. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other point about it, the way that Job had presented some of his arguments and some of his questions was very um, coming against the authority, um, as if he was the authority himself. Yeah, he was giving credit to God in places, but at the same time, the way he was coming at it was very uh, attackful. Um, and, you know, I again, I, I love the way that God... I mean, he tells him to prepare himself, you know, prepare yourself like a man. Yeah. He he gives him, you know, that heads up that you wanted to play hardball with this. This is what we're going to do. You're going to ask me the tough questions. Well, I'm going to ask you the tough questions. Yeah. And, it, you know, as, as a Christian, like Brian said, it's okay to ask questions. Even as a non-believer, we have questions. And... You know, that's how we learn. Even when a kid asks a question, sometimes the parent will ask a question back. But until it starts getting into the question of authority, you know, you've got those boundaries. And to a degree, Job was starting to get over that. And that's kind of what Elihu was alluding to, is Elihu was saying, you don't understand what you're saying. You're, you're calling out God in a way. And then, you know, God comes in and starts laying out these questions and says, okay, here we go. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a view of the world itself. You know, how does everything work? How does everything come together? And of course the answer we know is God. So basically the, there's two parts and and I'm indebted to uh, Warren Wiersbe on this. Essentially you can see that the first part is God you know, God asked Job if he can explain creation, and we see that in the various questions. Mm-hmm. And then the second part, God asked Job if he's able to supervise or oversee all of this. So mm-hmm. not only uh, 
explain all this, but do you even have the authority and power to supervise or oversee all this? Mm-hmm. One thing that you'll notice, though, is God never questions uh, Job's sincerity or mm-hmm. his integrity or anything like that. It's all about, right here, can you explain this? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you have dominion over this? You know, all this. Mm-hmm. So he never questions Job's authority or sincerity. None of that, none of Job's character comes into play here, so mm-hmm. that's something to note. Um... And then later on, you're going to see some stuff, too, in reference to Job. I think Job uh, speaks up in uh, chapter 42, I believe, after God uh, says a few things. Um, One thing that is to note, uh, it's a quote that I actually thought was pretty good. It says, knowledge of our own ignorance is the first step towards true wisdom. Mm -hmm. And that's really true. And I mean, that's a way that we can see that God's doing it, is he's showing Job his limitations, not God, not his as in God, but his as in Job's, Job's limitations, and and I'm going to give a you know spoiler alert, but Job recognizes that he honestly, you know, he repent, he's he's got a repentant heart, and he's he recognizes his limitations, and he acknowledges that, and that is that's wisdom, you know, that's his first step towards wisdom. Um, and and also like the how you know the the poetry and everything in here because we see. In the very beginning, sort of an in, you know God describing the inanimate, and then He moves to the animate. He starts talking about living creatures and everything, especially when He talks about the raven, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the raven's young and the lion and all that. It's, it's it's I mean it stays within the character and the descriptions. Um, there's one quote that I want to leave you with. I've used it before in the podcast, but I, I read it again the other day, and, and it really speaks. Really, uh, I mean, to to us and our attitude in general, you know, man towards God. It was written by uh, Charles Spurgeon. He said that men will allow God to be everywhere but on His throne. They will allow Him to be in His workshop to fashion worlds and, and make stars. They will allow Him to be in His uh, armory to dispense His alms and bestow His bounties. They will allow Him to sustain the earth and bear up the pillars thereof or the light and the lamps of heaven, or rule the waves of the ever-moving sea. But when God ascends to his throne, his creatures then gnash their teeth. And uh, when we proclaim and enthrone God and his right to do as he wills with his own, to dispose of his creatures as he thinks well, without consulting them in the matter, then it is that we are hissed and uh, execrated, and then it is that man turns a deaf ear to us, for God on his throne is not the God they love. But it is God upon the throne that we love to preach. It is God upon his throne whom we trust. I mean, I think that's beautiful, and that's so true because, oh yeah, we, we want the Santa Claus God. Mm-hmm. We want God to give us stuff. We want God where we're like, oh... Oh, you, you know, you're going to take care of all this? That's good. That's good. You're going to take care of my life? That's good. But are you going to intrude on my life, God? Whoa, whoa. You're, you're, I mean, you're, you're, le- you're setting limitations. You're setting boundaries, i.e. He's ascending to his throne in our life. Oh, we don't want that. I mean, so many times that is true and that is uh, in, in our sinful nature, mm-hmm. you know, tries to act against that. Very much so. If you would, join us in prayer. 
Dear Father, Lord God, I thank you for uh, letting us gather here. I pray, God, that you would be with this community as it continues to grow and flourish in you, Lord. Uh, thank you for for the book of Job and uh, all the things that we've learned thus far, Lord God, as we continue through it. I pray that you would just help us to you know, stop and, and take a look at our own lives and the questions that we ask, Lord God, and uh, the place that we put you in our lives. Lord, are, have we put you in a place of uh, we love you when you're giving us stuff, or Lord God, have we truly made you uh, the Lord of every aspect of our life uh, for the good and the bad, no matter uh, what comes our way, Lord. And I pray that we would, uh, you know, we would, we would take that into account. And Lord, thank you so much uh, for all the many blessings that you have given us. And I pray, Lord, if there's anyone out there who's seeking after you, who uh, doesn't know you as a Lord and Savior, that they would come to know you before it's too late, Lord. I pray that you would be with those in the community that are sick, that are uh, hurting, that are going through things right now, Lord God. We just lift them up in prayer that uh, your will would be done in uh, their life and in the situations, Lord. And just uh, help us to continue to grow uh, together towards you. In your holy name we pray. Amen. And now for the Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 19 verses 12 through 16. The king's wrath is like the roaring of a lion, but his favor is like the dew on the grass. A foolish son is the ruin of his father, and the contentions of a wife are a continual dripping. Houses and riches are an inheritance from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. Laziness casts one into a deep sleep, and an idle person will suffer hunger. He who keeps the commandment keeps his soul, but he who is careless of his ways will die. Guys, there's tons of uh, ways to get in touch with us, specifically found on our website at www.stillripples.org. And there you're going to see our blog, uh, access to our Facebook page. We have a discussion board where you can post questions. You can engage in discussions and ask us, and we'll engage in them you know, when we have time. Mm -hmm. And uh, feel free to leave a comment down below. Uh, as always, please be respectful. Please be nice. Um, you know, We'll show you the same common courtesy. So, as always... Take care. God bless. God, God, God. And it's the moment we've all been waiting. Let's get ready to rumble. I can see Job in the middle. I'm righteous, man. I'm righteous. I got this. Man, you ain't righteous. You ain't nothing. You under some horrible stuff. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. You don't know what you're talking about. God loves me. But I don't know why this is going on right now. You know what? You've done something wrong, Job. We know you've done something wrong. And then all of a sudden you hear and then music. I'm, it's like, boom. And then you just hear this, like, <laughs> like a... <laughs> And now, entering um, the ring, wearing a whirlwind, <laughs> the Lord of all creation, yeah, it's like, the creator age, of the universe, eternal, <laughs> standing, Lord of nobody hopes. really knows, age, more titles than we have unknown. time to mention, <laughs> it's God! <laughs> hey <-o! laughs> Well, God has shown up in his whirlwind. 
I'm not sure. Uh, I, I, I think we've, I think we've got some press from on the ground, Steve. <laughs> wow, Steve. I don't understand if uh, Job's going to be able to get out of this. You know, God's actually got a pretty good win record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right Never now, lost. <laughs> God is currently undefeated. Uh, he is yet to meet a challenger. But he is actually coming. Even Satan himself has to ask permission to enter the ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm telling you right now, he totally just called Job out. Are he you said, getting this? He said, get ready and man up. Job, where were you when the foundations of the earth were laid? Oh, oh that was a play it again. Well, play it again. Re- reverse it. Slow That's going to be on Fox News all day. <laughs> <laughs> Slow-mo. Job, where were you? When the foundations hit, I, I thought we said to do slow mo. You can't be, slow God down. We won't be playing this on MSNBC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yes. brutal. It is. They're five. Yeah, their five. Uh, you know, patrons will not watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. All right. Ooh. I'll drink you aside. What are we gonna say? <sighs> I oh, kid you oh, not. Oh, think, it's about to go down. I it's think we lost picture. Did we lose picture? 